Can we know the mysteries of the kingdom or have a basic understanding of all of Scripture without first being hungry and thirsty? What determines how far we can go in Christ? How do we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Is God satisfied with our hunger? I want to know. It is my great pleasure to welcome each and every one of you to this week's episode on the Doctrine of Christ with myself and Brother Jimmy Cooper. And we're always so honored for everyone that studies with us, because whether you know it or not, the Doctrine of Christ is the most important thing in your life. And in this series on the Beatitudes, which I am more satisfied with than, or as much so as anything we've ever done, we've ever taught, because it's just supremely important. And if a person just really wants to draw close to the Lord and go all the way with him, uh, this would do it for you. And um, not because I'm great and clever, but because this is just the word of God. It's the doctrine of Christ on how to go all the way with him and uh, with some godly counsel from some of the giants of the faith. And this week, uh, going all the way with the Lord is a good way to put it. Our beatitude for this week is Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And all through this series, we have been emphasizing how one beatitude leads to another. Porn spirit leads to mourning. Gospel mourning learns to meek, leads to meekness. And we're going to continue the understanding of this progression. And Charles Spurgeon said this, And uh, this is from volume 55 of the Metropolitan Tabernacle Pulpit on page 385. Just to say that this is volume 55. That's what I was just thinking, Matt. 55 uh, volumes. Yeah. I have in my cart over there, in my McCart, all of Spurgeon. This is the only Spurgeon I will have at my home after tomorrow, I will use this volume for next week's DOC. My little McCart is totally full, and it's nothing but Spurgeon on there. So if I'm sending Spurgeon up to our new home, you know, I'm going to be following very shortly. So, uh, and we will be within a couple, two, three weeks, we'll be totally out of here. So, but that's another story and a very happy one for us. That's exciting. It is. But this is what Brother Spurgeon said. I remarked on a former occasion that each of the seven Beatitudes rise above the one which precedes it and rises out of it. It is a higher thing to hunger and thirst after righteousness than to be meek or to mourn or to be poor in spirit. But no man ever becomes hungry and thirsty after righteousness unless he first has passed through the three preliminary stages. Now, this is why it's so important to take the Beatitudes as a whole in the God's perfect number seven, because you can get poor in spirit, and that's great, but you need to go on to mourning, to meekness. And this is the way to absolutely have the ultimate experience with God. It's right here. Do we want to know him? If we do, this is it. And he goes on to say, but no man ever 
becomes hungry and thirsty after righteousness until he has first passed through the three preliminary stages and has been convinced of his soul poverty, has been made to mourn for sin, and has been rendered humble in the sight of God. So let's just go all out for Jesus. Let's just completely immerse ourselves in the doctrine of Christ. What could be more important than knowing him? Nothing. And that's that's where we're at today. Yeah. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we just need to all ask ask yourself, are you hungry? But I love are, I love the promise that comes with it. Yeah. They shall be filled. Yes. Yeah. And anybody that wants more of God can have it. And we just have to be willing to give God more of us. Hmm. And if we're willing to give God more of us, we can have more of him. And that's it. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? If you are, you shall be filled. Hmm. And Brother Spurgeon goes on to say, and at this beatitude, we become focused. We become extremely focused. And it's just like a horse with blinders on. We're no longer looking at the things in the peripheral vision. We're focused. We hunger and thirst after the righteousness that comes from that relationship with him. Mm. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing more important. And the fact that there are other things that are so more important with so many people tells really all you need to know about that person. And we've all been there. Yeah. But we've got to focus. We've got to focus. And Brother Spurgeon goes on to say, having said farewell to these gross and perishing things, he is the man to throw the whole intensity of his nature into the pursuit of that which is heavenly and eternal. Let's just let's just read that again to throw the whole intensity of his nature into the pursuit of that which is heavenly and eternal. Now, if you were dying of thirst and you were laying there and you was all weak and about to give out like one of the cowboys in the Western movies we've seen, and there was 10 foot away a big jug of cool water, I mean, it, you wouldn't be thinking about anything else but that jug of water. You'd be crawling. You'd be doing anything you can to get to the water. That's what we're talking about, mm. wanting God that much to where we will throw the whole intensity of our nature into going after him. Anybody that will do that will be filled, but nobody that is not hungry and thirsty will do it. That natural man, we read in the book of Romans, that no man seeketh after God. There's none that doeth good and seeketh after God. But when that new man in Christ Jesus gets hungry and thirsty to where you're so focused, you'll throw everything you got into him. There's nothing more important. He is the most important thing in my life with all of the intensity of my nature, I want to know him because I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for the presence of God and for Jesus. That's it. Nothing more important. Everything that is in me is going after that. And this is when people will become filled and when people will become blessed and overflow with the things of God and the spiritual problems that they have. And so many people that have a problem with this, a problem with that, when you come to this place to where you go after God with all the intensity you have, those things are going to fall away uh, just like the shaft that they are. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus put it like this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Blessed are they that hungered and thirst after righteousness. And 
if we seek the kingdom of God first, it doesn't say seek the kingdom of God, but seek ye first, first. the kingdom of God. And so many Christians, they will hear a little, they're a little, uh, they'll seek the kingdom of God sometimes, but it's not first. Right. And we're talking about hungry. We're talking about thirsty. We're talking about seeking the kingdom first. You know, a lot of times people will start seeking the kingdom when nothing else is working out good in their life. They find like, man, you know, that that's not seeking it first. And I've been guilty of that. Everything's rolling along good in my life. Work is good, this or that. Relationships are good. I'm not seeking the kingdom of God in my past, you know. And then everything starts falling away, and it's like, I better buckle down here and, and seek the kingdom of God. That's not the way it's supposed to be. No. No. And then there's those folks, and boy, there's a lot of them that uh, they'll seek the kingdom of God a little bit, but he's not first. And then they're wondering and they're blaming God. Boy, it don't work. I did that, you know. Well, no, you didn't. We're talking about seeking first the kingdom. We're talking about getting hungry. We're talking about thirsty, like a man dying of thirst that's going after that cool jug of water. When we can come to this place, and it's only by the Spirit of God, and you got to be willing. You know, you have to be willing to say, Lord, make me hungry for you. You have to want him more than the world. And until that place is reached, there will not be the filling of which we speak here in this beatitude, nor the true blessedness and happiness that the Father wants to bestow upon us. That reminds me of that scripture where, where Jesus was saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found it, a field that had it and uh, went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Yeah. You know, so he Nothing could have that. Nothing more important than that treasure in the field. That's exactly. And, you know, this is the doctrine of Christ. We, we've talked about that. And, you know, until we understand and when until we really believe that Jesus is more important to us than anything, this will never become a reality. So yeah. this will not be for most people. Yeah. Straights the gate, narrows the way. But this will be, we're going to see, it's very clear that this is for everyone that wants it. And this is so clear in the gospel invitations we'll read in connection with these texts. Hmm. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other or else he will lay hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And everyone has to make uh, a choice in their life if they're going to serve God and mammon. Now, we have responsibilities. Uh, have a family, and I have responsibilities to my family. And as a man, I have a responsibility to provide for my family. We have to do things in this world. But we have to have, we have to come to the place where of all the things that I have to do, I would rather be able to have my Bible and meditate on the word and spend time with him and spend time with prayer. It's I'm so hungry. I would rather do that than anything on earth. And every chance I can, I want to be with him mm -hmm. and I want to draw close to him and I want to seek the righteousness of God. This is the hunger and the thirst that will prevail with that overflowing of the spirit of God which will make the end time remnant of God absolutely unstoppable. That's the only thing that will make the devils of hell shake with fear in their little red boots. That's the only thing. That's it. Little red uh, boots. Yeah, the little red boots they got on and their little little spiky tails and pitchy forks and they're just there with their little little bony knees knocking together. This is what John Wesley said. John Wesley said, first, that hunger and thirst are the strongest of our bodily appetites. That's the strongest. 
And, you know, and there's so much we could say about this to think about that thirsty man going after the jug of water. There have been people uh, that was that plane crash in South America where they went down uh, in the Andes in the very cold part. They would eat the dead as they died. Uh, they would eat the people that died. Uh, there have been uh, in Scripture, it talks in the siege of Jerusalem that women would oh, eat yeah. their own children. Yeah. Uh, you know, hunger and thirst are the strongest of our bodily appetites and passions. And when we are that intense about going after God, you shall be filled. Mr. Wesley goes on in like manner, this hunger in the soul this thirst after the image of God is the strongest of all our spiritual appetites. When it is once awakened in the heart, yea, it swallows up all the rest in that one great desire to be renewed after the likeness of him that created us. Oh man, that is so good. Let's just, let's just read. And, and here's the thing. There's an awakening in the heart, Jimmy. You see, we've all, you know, sought the kingdom, but not sought it first. We've all, we, you see, and there's a progression, yeah. poor in spirit, mourn, meekness. Now hunger and thirst focus, but there's an awakening in the heart that the Holy spirit convicts you. You know, you're, you know, you're playing around. You know, you ain't you ain't putting him first. You know. Yeah, you. So yeah, I mean, it's so clear now. See, I've never heard it taught like this. I'm not saying it's never been taught like this, but I've never heard it, and it makes sense. You can't be yeah. hunger. You can't be hungry and thirsty if you don't first become poor in spirit, and then uh, mourn, and then meek. I, I can totally see that now. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, and this is part of our mission if we choose to accept it and we will, but it has been taught this way. Wesley taught it this way. Yeah. Spurgeon taught it this way. Watson taught it this way, but it's not taught that way anymore. Why? Because the American evangelical church and indeed the church all over the world that professes him has gone so far away from the doctrine of Christ that the things that we teach sound new to people's ears. But this is what the godly counselors that we want to bring forth did. And that's why it's so important for us to say and do the things that we do, because these are things that will bring life to people. It's what will give them uh, what they need to endure in the faith. And to go all the way with Jesus, he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Yeah. That's why this is even though you and I were not that important, but the things that we say, even in our humble attempts to present them, they are supremely important because it is the life and truth of God. It's the difference between life and death of the soul and the body of individuals. That's why mm. there's a holy urgency in, in that which we are doing. Mm. Amen. And I'll just go through that again. I tell you what, this is so good. It is the strongest of all our spiritual appetites. And this is Brother Wesley. When it is once awakened in the heart, yea, it swallows up all the rest in that one great desire. And when you really have this awakened, you would rather seek God and study about your relationship with him than hearing about lizards from outer space or um, all of the other things that are sensational and, and flashy. It's all swallowed up right here. And not the teaching on Nephilim or whatever. It's right in its place and time. But this is supreme. This is it. There's nothing more important than knowing him, learning more about that relationship with Christ, because I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I want him more than anything else. And that, at that point, you're going to be filled. You're going to be filled. And the, the determining factor on how far a person goes with Christ 
is the intensity of your hunger and thirst for him. That is absolutely the determining factor. When you stand before the Father, and when you stand upon before Jesus Christ, when he sits upon the great white throne, how well you serve him, and how much you loved him and accomplished for his kingdom, the absolute determining factor to the end result on that day will be how hungry and how thirsty you were to be filled Mm. with the righteousness of God. Psalm 42. Uh, Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. And the scripture puts it like this. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat daily. My my tears have been my meat day and night. And uh, this shows how that that morning and that porn spirit, it plays into this, doesn't it? Because we come to that place, then we focus. And I'm thirsty for God. I want him. I want him more than anything. I want him. I want Jesus more than anything. Remember that song about this scripture? Yeah. I love that song. I mean, that was when I was growing up. I don't know. That song's been around for a long time. But as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful worship chorus. What was it? Oh. You alone are my heart's desire. Think about that. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Yeah. And a lot of times we've sung them little choruses and haven't really got what it means. You alone. You alone. You alone. I mean, I, I not- can't. I can't sit here and honestly say that 100% of the time that he alone is my heart's desire. I mean, it's that's so convicting. Yeah. And it, it is, and you see this, um, and you know, you, you draw an analogy to the, the rock song, the Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. Their Stairway to Heaven was the wrong stairway. This is the right. Yeah. And you see, it, it's, a, it's a progression. It's a thirst and a hunger that can grow and grow and grow. And it's a, it's a, it's a progression, you know, and, uh, there's another tremendous scripture in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse nine with my soul, have I desired thee in the night? Yea, with my spirit within me, will I seek thee early for when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of of the world will learn righteousness. Our soul desires after God. That new man in Christ within us is just crying out for more. He's got to have it with such an intensity that nothing else is going to satisfy him. And he's crying out. And within all of us, the spirit of God in our new man is crying out for more. I want more. And so many times, and we've all done it, we have ignored those holy promptings. And we have put them aside and we said, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll seek him sometime. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be good. But he ain't been first. We're talking about first. Seek ye first. And this is the place where everyone listening into this video, we can come. And it's not with haughtiness that we're saying what we're saying, because we've all been there and done that. But we've all got to come to that place where we repent and we're going to say, he's first. Lord, make me hungry. I want more. I want more. Holy Spirit, put that hunger and thirst in my heart to where I want more of him, more than anything in this earth, more than the air I breathe. I want him. Well, as you're sitting here saying all this, I'm I'm having a a visualization in my mind. You know, 
you step on that first step of of poor in spirit, and then you step on that second step of of mourning, and that third step of meekness, and you start you're getting closer. And that gets you more excited. That makes that's where you get to that hunger and thirst, and you're getting closer to to God at that. And that that just gets you more willing to lay down your flesh and lay down, deny yourself, and just seek more the kingdom of God to where you can get to where my soul longeth after Thee. You know more than anything. I mean, I'm just seeing that in my mind oh, yeah. as you're saying all that. Oh yeah, it's it's that's it. You know, that's it. What you're saying, that's it. That's the most important thing in the world. Mm. And the world, the word, I think, is delight. That's the script, the word the scriptures use. And remember, we did a, a DOC not long ago on the vine and the branches. Yep. And we used that, the, the statement from Brother McCullough, that joy is the juice. <laughs> and you see, you do this, you're going to get juiced. I saw you're gonna get juiced. There was a few comments on the video that just you joys the juice. You just they were just exclamation point. They love that. That's a t-shirt, man. Joy is the juice. Yeah. Let's get juiced. May have to do yeah. that. Let's just get hungry and let's get juiced. And here's the the scripture word is delight, and you nailed it. In Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will delight. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light. They shall be filled. Oh, man. You know, and that scripture doesn't mean uh, he'll give you the desires of, of your heart when, when you're before you get to this place, because a lot of times the desires of our heart are still on earthly and worldly things. This yeah. is talking about the desires of your heart starts lining up with the heart of God. Yeah. And that's when he can accommodate your desires. You got it right. Wow. And in verse 5... Commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit. Yeah, and that is, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are they that meek. You see, blessed are the meek. You hmm. see, you commit, and you commit by giving yourself to the Father the way that Jesus Christ, his son, said that we should. You see, we can have an absolute overflowing relationship with God through Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. But we do it. We, we get that by doing it his way. Yeah. We don't set the terms and we don't say, well, I'll do this, that, and the other, and then that. If we do it his way and we all can, but the devil will put trash and garbage in front of people's lives and wrap it up uh, wrap up poison in a pretty package and they'll go, uh, they'll go for that. You know, they'll choose the candy over the vegetables and that's just the way it is. Yep. Mm. Um, now let's kind of go a little different direction or something else we want to think about here. Um, I don't know if I can handle any more. I tell you what, man, I just, uh, I, it's just, uh, I love him. I love him and I'm getting hungry, Jimmy. I'm getting more hungry here. The older I get, the hungry I'm getting. I I've want been, him more than anything. I've been seeing that in you, brother. Every one of these episodes, you're getting more and more excited as we go along because I think you're 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 walking up those stairs. We are getting closer. And we want everyone to walk up the stairs with us. And I mean we are seeing more prayers answered than ever before. And we see the tremendous moving of God. And I just want to, I just want him. I want him to just take me and do whatever. Now let's, let's think about this. First Corinthians 14, one follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. 
desire spiritual gifts. Now, at this point, one of the biggest cards that the devil has played is the TBN evangelist, the new apostolic reformation wolves of the greed seed liars of the word of faith movement. And they see the way that spiritual gifts has been tied in with making people millionaires. And it's not the real spiritual gifts and how spiritual gifts has been used for everything bad with all of the bad examples. And they see that. And when the Bible says desire spiritual gifts, there's no place in their mind for a paradigm to relate that. And it's just put on the shelf and not developed. And the Bible says desire spiritual gifts with a desire and an intensity and for all of the false and for all of the lies the devil puts out, it cannot stop the child of God that wants to hunger and thirst after righteousness and desire spiritual gifts. God will give people the real spiritual gifts. And we have to understand that within however crafty and clever little folks that we are, nothing that is real that is going to be done to the for the kingdom of God will be done by any other way than his empowerment and his gifting. And we have to come back to the place where we desire spiritual gifts. Now that means something to me. That means that if I desire spiritual gifts, God will give them to me and give me the gifting and the ability to accomplish whatever he wants me to do. Doesn't matter. And we don't have to fit in. We don't have to compromise with some uh, to fit in with some church up the road with this and that. When we do that, we're done forever doing something real for God. But in spite of all of that, if we desire spiritual gifts, he will give them to us. He will fill us and empower us and equip us to do that which he has called us to do. We have to have it because within ourselves. We have not the natural ability to accomplishment, accomplish anything without me. You can do nothing. We must have the spiritual gifting empowering of God. So we've got to come back to the place where this scripture of follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. That's got to mean something to us. We've got to have the faith to believe that our desire will be rewarded. Mm. That's good. Um, Let's look at Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry, boy, he was another old Puritan that got this. He said, Dr. Hammond, in his practical catechism, distinguishes between hunger and thirst. Hunger is a desire of food to sustain, and such is sanctifying righteousness. Thirst is the desire of drink to refresh, such is justifying righteousness and the sense of our pardon. Thus, those who thus hunger and thirst after spiritual blessings are blessed in those desires and shall be filled with those blessings. And this is the same as Brother Spurgeon and Brother Wesley says, when when we hunger and thirst after spiritual blessings, those that do are blessed in those desires. It's a focus, you see. When we're focused on the spiritual blessings, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be filled. And this lets out our friends, um, the NAR people, and the Word of Faith. Now they'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but they want to tie them to earthly blessings, to building earthly kingdoms of men, to getting new cars. This is nothing but the greed. Though Timothy said, they that say that gain is godliness from such turn away. And we have to turn away from them. Not just think, but we got to turn away. You got to run for your life. 
if you're in any of these assemblies, you better run for your life because if you don't, you'll lose it. In Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And this is the realization that those blessings are in spiritual places. It's in Christ. It's him. It's knowing him, the one that is seated by the right hand of the Father. That is our great apostle, high priest, and intercessor. It's all about that. It's focus. And this is what we're talking about in this beatitude. All of the preparatory stages culminates in this focus that shoots us into the presence of God uh, with an unbelievable uh, intensity. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, and here's the invitation, Ho, everyone that is thirsty, come ye to the waters. All you have to be is thirsty. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. You don't have to have money. All you got to be is thirsty. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? And get focused. Come and drink. And this is the invitation unto all people. And let's think for just a minute why. And, and it's obvious. It's obvious that most people are not going to do, and that most people aren't doing that. Let's just be honest. If we would look at the uh, people that fill a mega church down at Old Smile and Joel's, the thousands of people he has, how many people there are really hungering and thirsting after him? Let's face it. Um, very few, if any, are. It's been so diverted in these days of apostasy. Now, let's think about that for just a minute. Let's have um, uh, Thomas Watson here. We'll see what he said about this. He said, we are not bid to bring any merits as the papists would do, nor to bring a sum of money to purchase righteousness. Rich men would be loath to do that. All that is required is to bring an appetite. Now, he said this. It's on page 31 of his book on the Beatitudes. And he's talking about why is it, you know, why is it that there are so many assemblies where people are obviously not hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, you're spewed out. Why are there churches of lukewarm people and the pastor is not saying, we got to wake up, we got to wake up, we got to hunger, we got to get on fire, we got to get hot, we got to burn, we got to seek God till the fire of the Spirit burns in our heart. You just think that they are, you think that maybe they think they are already? Go to the head of the class, Brother Jimmy. (laughs) Go to the head of the class, oh Yeah. That's exactly what Brother Watson said. Listen to what he said. That's it. That's it. Hmm. They never felt any emptiness. They are full of their own righteousness. Hmm. Now the stomach loathes. Now now the full stomach loathes the honeycomb. You know, there's times when you go out and eat and you're just all full And they say, well, would you like some dessert? You just can't have any dessert. You're full. That's exactly the way he put it. And that's the way it is here. The full person, uh, if you're full of your own righteousness, you're not hungry for what you really ought to be hungry for. He goes on. He said, this was Laodicea's disease. She was full and had no stomach either to Christ's gold or ISAP. When men are filled with pride, this flatulent distemper hinders the
the holy longings. Now, Brother Watson speaks very eloquently here, and he can really turn a word to make a point. Now, this flatulent distemper. Now, what is flatulence? That's a fart. We're talking here, Jimmy, about a spiritual fart. And that's what he says. When these people that are in these churches and they are full of their own self-righteousness, when that pastor gets in the pulpit on Sunday morning and regurgitates what he has to say, Brother Watson said a little smoother, but this is what it is. He's just letting spiritual farts out of his mouth. And this is nothing but a stench in the nostrils of God. Just like when, when we're around, you know, and somebody breaks wind. This is it. When these guys just flatulate, it's just nothing but a stench in the nostrils of God. And that's exactly what he's saying here. I never thought this would be in a DOC episode. Well, don't title this episode, Jimmy, <laughs> Spiritual Farts, but but that's exactly what I'm it thinking is. thinking about it. Yeah. Now, here's what it, well, if you feel that. I, I won't, I won't. Now, here's what he goes ahead and says. This is Brother Watson. As when the stomach is full of wind, it spoils the appetite. When you got gas, you can't eat. And that's exactly what it says. You, these people are full of flatulent wind. They're not hungry after God. They're full of gas. That's exactly what he's saying. And it's exactly right. None so empty of grace as he that thinks he is full. Oh, yeah. Let's let's run that back one more time. None so empty of grace as he that thinks he is full. He has most need of righteousness that least wants it. Oh, my. Hmm. The people that have turned Christianity into a lukewarm exercise of ritualism, nobody needs grace more than them. And they are the ones that least want it. Oh my. I tell you what. Well, they think they're just swimming in the free ride of grace. Yeah. And all they are, they're just full of gas. Um, let's read those scriptures there. Uh, a couple scriptures here. Um, I love brother Watson. Boy, he can just put it out there. Can he? Um, yeah. Revelation three seventeen. because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. Come down to my, we, we just built, we just built a new sanctuary. Uh, it cost us uh, a half a million dollars. Uh, we got the new sound system. You ought to come down to our church because we got it, man. You ought to see what we just did. Great light show too. Oh, great light show. Our, uh, our pastor just graduated from Dallas Theological Cemetery. <laughs> Y'all hearing, you know, man, we got it. We got it. Come on, see it. We got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Your sniffer is has gone out. Something has destroyed the little things in your nose that you can detect smells because what you're hearing and, and what's being put out, it doesn't pass the smell test with God, but you can't tell because your sniffers broke. Your can't, spirit sniffer has just broke down on you. You can't tell that your deodorant stopped working? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, um, and, and this is it. Uh, this is the line of demarcation. An individual that is a religious individual, you're either going to go after the righteousness of God or you're going to go after the righteousness of man. In Romans 10:3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. 
John Gill, in his commentary, and I tell you, I've had um, John Gill's commentary electronically for many, for years. I have it. I have it, too. It's really good. And until I purchased, I was able to obtain his complete nine-volume commentary, I have really come to appreciate him so much more. I'd never heard uh, of him, and, and uh, some friends of mine from uh, Australia who found me through the DOC, they turned me on to that. You know, they were telling me about the sword <clears throat> or a e-sword, e-sword. The application, you know, for uh, computers. I love that app, but he's one of the commentators in there and, uh, they were telling me about it. So I started reading his commentary. It's like, this is spot on. Oh yeah. And he was in uh, his ministry uh, began, I, I think late 1600s went into the 1700s and he was one of the ministers in the assembly where Charles Spurgeon became the head. He preceded Spurgeon in the assembly there where Spurgeon established the metropolitan tabernacle pulpit there in London. Did they go to, did they fellowship together? No, or he was. It was before. Yeah, he was before, before that. He he was done and passed. And there was a couple. Oh, okay. There was some individuals between Gill and Spurgeon, but he would be a nonconformist Baptist that would not conform unto the Church of England. And um, I tell you what, let's just read what he had to say. All right. Uh, he had this to say. He said. The justifying righteousness of Christ, which is imputed by God the Father and received by faith, to hunger and thirst after this supposes a want of righteousness, which is the case of all men. A sense of one of it, which is only perceived by persons spiritually enlightened a discovery of the righteousness of Christ to them, which is made in the gospel and by the Spirit of God, a value for it and a preference of it to all other righteousnesses and an earnest desire after it to be possessed of it and found in it and that nothing can be more grateful than that because of its perfection, purity, suitableness, and use happy souls are thee. You got to understand there is no other righteousness. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't get this, they're never going to get this. And oh yeah, happy are those like Gill and Spurgeon and Wesley and Watson that saw this. Happy are you if you see it. Happy are you if you allow the spirit of God to reveal to you the real righteousness of Christ and to despise every righteousness that man can conceive of by all of his clever religious inventions. And this is exactly what we see in the epistle of Romans in the third chapter in Romans chapter three. And let's read verses 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. It's only by faith in what Christ did upon the cross for us that is our righteousness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, for he has made unto us righteousness and redemption and sanctification and wisdom. And um, yeah, hmm. yeah, that's it. Um and we just want to emphasize to each and every listener of this DOC, it's by faith. 
It's by hunger and thirst. It's not by how smart you are, how strong you are. It's are you hungry? Yeah. Are, do you believe? Do you believe that we've presented the word of God to you and read you the scriptures of life? If you believe and you're hungry, you can have it. It's yours. And indeed, it's already yours. The righteousness of God is yours through faith in Christ. And you can just get as hungry as you want. Um, this, is, this is making that verse to me that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, make even more sense to me. Yeah. Because you can't get to the place of hunger and thirst, you know, without first starting in that faith. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, as we walk up the steps of the Beatitudes, it makes everything in the Word of God make sense. Yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without faith. it's imp- Yeah. Everything just coming together right here when we listen to our Lord. In Isaiah uh, chapter 45 and verse 19, we can give the promise to every listener of this DOC that if you hunger and thirst after righteousness and make God your focus, you will not be disappointed. You will not be denied and you will not be disappointed. In Isaiah 45, 19, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not to the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. And, uh, you know, the, the father's saying, <laughs> I, I didn't say for nothing, seek me. You know, I didn't just say that to have something to say. Uh if you seek me, uh, like Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Yeah. You will be filled. Hmm. You will be filled. Uh, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And verse 8 and 9. And the text says here. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Man, I believe in praying the word of God like Tori and Finney taught. And man, there you go. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. If you're not filled, it's not God's fault. You just ain't hungry. Because hmm. if you're hungry, he will satisfy you. That is that is the, the word of God. And in, in the book of Proverbs, uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and verse 14, The text here says, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Now, everyone is going to be filled with something. And here again, this um, as we have studied this lesson, the obvious analogies and the picture that is drawn of the American church has been inescapable. And... Everyone will be filled with something. And as the word of God says, the backslider in heart. Now, that isn't talking about someone that is going into houses of prostitution or something like that. This is a backslider in heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're openly doing your little religious thing, but in your heart, you're a backslider in heart. You're saying you're not, but in your heart, you're a backslider and you're going to be filled with your own ways. Yeah. We can be filled with the righteousness of God or we can be filled with our own ways. And when you say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's the problem. Right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yep. And the problem is, you know, don't know your own heart. The heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. So yeah, uh, God knows your heart. You don't, 
You need to come to that place where you examine your own heart till you come clean and become porn spirit, mourn and meek. And then you're ready to be filled. But till then, well, you're just going to have to be filled with your own ways because you're a backslider in heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah chapter 31, and let's look at verse 14, and the text says here, and I will satiate the soul of the priests with fatness. (laughs) Now, what that means is if you, that word to satiate, that means you just absolutely soak. That means it's just like a sponge. Saturated. When a sponge has soul filled with water, it can't take any more. It's satiated. Uh, you know, I know um, uh, Charles Finney, when he gave his testimony of being filled with the Holy Spirit, he said it was like waves of liquid love <laughs> that was overflowing his soul. And he actually said, Lord, I don't think I can take any more or I might die. And that's it. We're talking about the promise of God to soak you to where you just can't hold any more. Mm. Uh, oh, my. I, and I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. If you aren't satisfied with Jesus, you just don't know him. Mm. You just don't know my Jesus or you would understand that he is more important than anything. Nothing is more important Mm. than knowing him. Excuse me. Psalm 63 and five. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. One more thing here from Brother Watson on page 149 of his book on the Beatitudes. Brother Watson said this. I like this guy. You say you hunger and are not satisfied. And don't we hear this so much with people well, boy, I've seek God. I've done it all, and I still ain't satisfied. I got this. I got that. And you say you hunger and are not satisfied. Perhaps God is not satisfied with your hunger. <laughs> you think that might be it? Instead of you, instead of God being the problem, you think maybe you might be the problem. You say you hunger and are not satisfied. Perhaps God is not satisfied with your hunger. You have opened your mouth wide, but have not opened your ear. No wonder then that you have not that comfortable feeling as you desire. Mm. And uh, there is indeed that scripture of, uh, Open my mouth, and I'll read that text um, in Psalm 49 and 4. And the text says here, I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. And this speaks to a dark saying, not in the sense, of course, that it's dark or it's evil, but it's a saying that's hid from many people. Mm-hmm. And David was inclining his ear to the harp. And, of course, David wrote many of the Psalms. And many people don't understand spiritual truth because they haven't really opened up their mouth and their ears and their heart to make Jesus, the most important thing in their life. And until this happens, until you found that pearl of great price or the treasure in the field, and you realize it's the most important thing, uh, there's just going to be most things you're not going to get. And Jesus purposely, and of course, Jesus knew people's hearts and he knew 
when people were just honoring him with their lips and not with their heart. And I think that most people in American religion today, they're honoring him with his lips, but not with their heart to say, you know, you're really the most important thing. And in the teaching of parables, Jesus uh, had this to say about his teaching in parables, which is a large segment of the doctrine of Christ. But in Matthew 13, verse 11, well, in verse 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. You know, if you get poor in spirit, if you get mourning, if you get meekness, we're well, ready for more, but if you don't have it, you know, you ain't going to get it. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. You'll be filled with more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears of dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and they should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So, the mysteries of the kingdom, and indeed a basic understanding of all of Scripture, is not capable to an individual that isn't thirsty. Hmm. When you get hungry, when you get thirsty, you'll understand. Yeah. Uh, one more Scripture. First Peter chapter 2 and 2. And... This is such a beautiful text. First Peter chapter two and two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And here's another comparison and an analogy. Just like you hunger and thirst like a man dying of thirst would do anything he could to go after that cup of cool water. Just like a little baby desiring his mother's milk we desire the word of god mm. and yet there are people that say well i'm a christian uh when's the last time you read your bible well really ain't been reading the bible now that doesn't compute that was me for 30 plus years yeah you know that doesn't compute uh that's a big negatory because if you're a newborn babe in christ you will desire the sincere miracle the word that you may grow thereby. And this takes me back to Indiana state prison when I first knew the Lord and become born again in Indiana state prison. That always sounds funny coming out of your mouth. Well, it does seem funny. It was a long time ago, but this is as real to me. Uh, that takes me back to, uh, 1970. Wow. And, uh, you know, there's that old Mer Haggard song. I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole. And I, I turned 21 in prison, but thank God I wasn't doing life without parole. Yeah, praise God. But I turned 21 in prison, uh, and I was there and I went to chapel and there was some Baptist guy there giving his talk and he said something about the Bible. And he said, God wrote a book. He said, God, who is the creator of the universe, wrote a book. And I just went, huh? <laughs> you know, God wrote a book. You know, you look up and you see the heavenly luminaries in the firmament. The guy that made that stuff wrote a book. I could actually get his book and read it. And I realized at that point of time that this book right here was written by the creator of the universe. Mm. And still, 
40 plus years later. Let's see, I got to do the calculations, 70s, 80s, 90s. That was 50. That's 50 years ago. It's been a long time, Jimmy. But I can say that there's still nothing I would rather do than just be able to get this book, get along with him, meditate on God's word and see his face. I'm hungry, Jimmy. I'm hungrier than I've ever been in my life. And the blessedness that comes from hungering and thirsting after him, each and every one of you that is listening to this DOC, you can have everyone that is thirsty come and drink of the waters of life. Thank you for watching this episode of the Doctrine of Christ. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by this teaching. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Facebook. And until next time, may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you all.